2018 is done and in the bag. And as we look forward to 2019, we're going to go through all the movies that we're looking forward to in the next 12 months. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this is Popscorn. on the Battle Entertainment Movie Podcast and today we're going through all of the currently announced releases for 2019. We've already been through the t- 2018, we've gone through the top 10 list, we've talked about some of the worst ones, hopefully we won't see anything that bad again this year, but Darren, let's go straight into it, shall we? Yeah, let's look forward to the future. Um, I got my predictions for what I was going to enjoy in 2018 completely wrong, Yep. other than Avengers. I mean, that was pretty much a given. Called that one. Uh, but other than that, n- nowhere near. So who even knows if we're going to watch most of the movies on this list? Um, you picked out uh, Pacific Rim last year as one of the ones you were most excited about. Didn't even watch and it. You haven't even watched it nope. yet. So <laughs> I think it was it was more so like the first trailer was like, yes, I'm back in, and then every subsequent trailer I had less and less interest, and then it bombed critically. <laughs> so there we go. It's almost like it's a bad franchise. Uh, right, mm. okay, well, here we go. Well, you've put Stan and Ollie on the list in I January. I so, I'm, right now, as uh, we did last year, uh, we're going to time ourselves so we don't end up rambling on for hours. Uh, usually it'd be 30 seconds, but as I have no interest in this movie, I'm going to give you the full minute, Michael. Okay. Go! Stan and Ollie is the, obviously, uh, what, what, it's kind of like a drama biography of uh, Laurel and Hardy, starring, is it John C. Raleigh and Steve Coogan yeah. in some of the, one of the weirdest team-ups I think I've ever seen? Um, now, I grew up watching the Laurel and Hardy movies, and you know, from their transition from silent into sound, and, you know, a lot of those have very, very fond memories to me. So it would be interesting to see, certainly off the back of, say, like Bohemian Rhapsody, where it can play about with history, whether or not this one is going to do the same or whether it's going to be a bit more down the line and actually telling of the relationship between the two as there was a lot of uh, speculation to whether they did or didn't like each other. Um, There's various different stories. It's going to be interesting to see which ones they do follow. And obviously it's the chops up front as well. We know that John C. Reilly and Steve Coogan are brilliant actors. I really do think they're going to bring a lot to these roles. And yeah, I think the story will be very interesting, especially that kind of American and British relationship. I think this has the potential to do really well in the new year. Oh, very tight, Michael. Well done. Um, It's about their kind of end of their career from what I've read in any preview article I've read, that it's kind of not them at the height of their powers. It's them trying to deal with sound. Hmm. Like, oh no, audio, what do we do? (laughs) Um, Cool, well next up is Alita Battle Angel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll start on this, if you don't mind, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, Let me put the timer on for 30 seconds. Um, It's an interesting looking movie, and I want to be more interested in it than I am, because obviously this is from James Cameron. Um, it's really his first movie he's done since Avatar. I don't think he's done anything else, has he? Not really, unless I think he might have done a documentary. Yeah, so it's a it's a big old anime ad- adaptation. Um, she's got terrifying anime eyes at the very least. Um, and and I every trailer I see, there's things in there I'm like, Bleh. but then I see some of the combat scenes and some of the imagery, and it looks really interesting. This could go either way. Let's hope it's good. 
Okay, great stuff. Give me the 30. So, this movie's doomed uh, as much as I don't want it to be doomed because it's based on a, a classic 80s action anime that I d- admittedly haven't watched, but it is of the same ilk of the things that I do enjoy. And whilst there are s- some good actors in there, we know Christoph Waltz is playing a major character in this, I, I seriously don't think it's going to have the kind of staying power that, say, I don't know, Ghost in the Shell had initially. I think this is going to fare worse, although I do think it's probably going to be a better movie because of it. Yeah, because it's I've never heard of Elite Battle Angel or whatever it's based on. Mm. Whereas I had heard of Ghost in the Shell, I have heard of Akira. I feel that might actually help it a bit more. Mm. That the kind of the knives will be a bit more away. Hopefully, like because I know people really care about uh, Ghost in the Shell, and yeah. it was kind of doomed from kind the of get-go. kind of annoyingly care about Ghost in the Shell because that was a good film. Yeah, I know. Right, uh, Lego Movie Two, Maggle. Let's do it. Get going. The sequel that everybody's asking for, not the Lego Batman movie, and certainly not the Lego Ninjago movie. This one has the potential to be a really big hit, but at the same time. A colossal failure in the sense that the first movie was, you know, the biggest Oscar snub of the year and certainly one of the most inventive anima- animated movies of all time. I have faith in the cast and I definitely have faith in the writers and directors, but I really think it's one of those you can't capture lightning twice situations. I agree completely. Uh, the trailers just haven't made me laugh so far, which is a bit worrying. Hopefully they're saving the A material. For the film, um, it's an interesting idea. They're playing off the Duplo apocalypse, which is a hell of a sentence. Um, <laughs> and the, the, it seems to be pushing like a bit of a girl power agenda as well, mm. which is, you know, very 2018. A bit, um, I'm okay with that. But yeah, just so far the trailers haven't caught me and it was powered by a metric fuckton of quirk. Yeah. I don't know if that works a second time, but we'll see. We will see. We are plowing through these, Maggle. Yeah, we're um, already into March. Do you care about fighting with my family? Have the full 60. I'm going to have the full minute. Cool. Um, This is a movie based off of a documentary on Channel 4 uh, that The Rock saw when he was filming Fast and Furious. It was about uh, the wrestler called Paige and her family, who are a big wrestling family. Everyone in the family wrestles. And it was about her attempts to get signed by the WWE. She did, and this is the movie of that. It's produced by The Rock and Stephen Merchant is directing. Her mom and dad are being played by Nick Frost and Cersei Lannister, so sweet. Um, it's problematic because in between this movie being greenlit and now Paige has had um, her phone hacked and her iCloud um, hacked and a lot of pawns come out. Mm. Um, she's fell out with the company, got married to uh, a moron called Alberta Del Rio who then left the company. Um, who left the company and burnt all the bridges. She then got divorced, went back uh, got injured, had to retire, he's now a general manager. So probably not their first choice for who they would <laughs> like to um, do a movie biography of, but The Rock said so, so they had to go with it. So it's very interesting in the wrestling world what's going to happen to Paige once this movie's out, because I feel they've kept her under contract just for this movie, and the second it's done, she's probably likely to get fired on the spot. But we shall see. It's got a hell of a cast. Oh, definitely. It's certainly going to be an interesting, quirky story that no one's really tackling this year. Mm. Will it be the wrestler of its year? I mean, you're hoping not, but people seem to like the wrestler. So. Oh, my God, the wrestler. is It's not fun for people who actually like wrestling to watch. It makes you feel very bad about what you like. Um, I don't know what chaos walking is, Maggle, so prepare for a minute. <laughs> 
Fantastic. All you need to know about this is that it's Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley in the leading two roles. So already Ooh. it's going to make a billion dollars. Uh, and of course, movies like this are quite formulaic. So they've gone to a, a young adult novel uh, called The Knife of Never Letting Go, which is part of the Chaos Walking series, which concerns a, a young man in a post-apocalyptic world where he believes that all women are dead, but he comes across people, people... Well, woman being Daisy Ridley. All you need to know is just the strength of the cast. Mads Mikkelsen's your villain. Uh, Nick Jonas is in it for some reason, which is interesting. And one of my breakout stars of 2018, Cynthia Erivo, is in it from... Um, I-, I did mention this from uh, Bad Times of the El Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm already behind the cast. Unfortunately, its production is a little bit troubled and it's looking like it might get delayed a little bit later than its March 1st release date. But hopefully it does make that date. I think... Whilst we are sick of post-apocalyptic stories, when you have a cast this strong, I think you're going to do well. Cool. I mean, if you're the only man on Earth and you find Daisy Ridley alive, <laughs> you land on your feet. Yeah, we all know what will be going through our heads. Oh! <laughs> Population is the name of the game. Exactly. Oh. It's not like you come across Anne Whittaker and gone, oh, no. <laughs> um, cool. And neither of us have chose to highlight this one, even though it is the first Marvel offering of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll still stick to the rules and give ourselves 30 seconds to talk about Captain Marvel. So it's set in the 90s. Um, that means it's not going to be under the cloud that Ant-Man and the Wasp were in terms of uh, Infinity War. But we know he has to play a role because of the end credit scene. Um, Marvel's finally taking on a female lead. It's taken them far too long, but here we are. Uh, the first trailer didn't set the world on fire. I was a bit about Brie Larson really seeming a bit not very charismatic, for want of a better phrase. Um, so I'm a little worried, a little more on the back foot than I am for the typical Marvel release. Um, but it's got Sam Jackson, it's got 90s, it can hopefully pull it off. Yeah, it, I'm definitely worried a little bit, but it's the same kind of worry that I had about, say, the original Ant-Man, where I, I feel like my, my concerns are going to be satiated quite quickly. Uh, Brie Larson... I don't really have a problem with her. I know she, I know her to be a good actor, and the supporting cast do seem like they're going to hold this movie up. The real letdown for me has been the way the movie's been marketed. The trailers have not been cut very well, and the over-reliance on the we finally got a woman, guys, doesn't really give me any hope that it's anything but just the woman movie. Ovaries, yeah. 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 Like Carol Danvers deserves better, man. She really does. I know, but they must have... They've waited so long on this one. Hopefully they've got a good enough idea and they're not just doing this because, oh, Wonder Woman did a thing. We need to respond to that. Hopefully not. Um, Because it's not like they need to worry about the TCEU anytime soon. Uh, So there's us. Um, I don't know what us is, Michael, so guess who gets a minute? So Us is the next movie from Jordan Peele, which already will make it a billion dollars. It's it's an interesting one. The, The first trailer came out only a few days ago, so we don't know a lot um, we know it to be another horror movie. It's set around a father-daughter relationship as they're travelling across the country. And, of course, things are going to go awry. The imagery is interesting that I've noticed from the uh, the trailers. It's this reliance on a pair of scissors as its, uh, as its iconography. So we know it's going to be pretty grisly and pretty gruesome in ways that perhaps Get Out wasn't, whereas that was more psychological. This one does like it's, look like it's going to go more into the physical horror zone, a bit more murder and mutilation, which will be interesting coming from such an interesting and keen eye as Jordan Peele is. He certainly shook up the horror world last time, and I'm hoping that he can repeat 
his success is here. Once again, it does feature an all-black cast um, in the heroic roles. So yeah, hopefully we get some uh, some new actors that we can then put into Marvel movies. It's Lupita Nyong'o, right? I think Lupita Nyong'o's in it, but I believe that there might be some newcomers. Let me double-check on I that. I saw a picture of Lupita Nyong'o, so I presume it was there. Right, I will not take 30 seconds to talk about Dumbo whilst you're looking that up, so here we go. Okay. Um, yeah, it's... It's not great. It's Tim Burton. He's not been on a roll recently, and I'm not a big fan to begin with. Um, he's. It seems like he should have already done a Dumbo movie by this point, but here we are. At least the pink elephant scene should be a hell of, I think. It really should be. Um, Dumbo's probably the one movie that I didn't think we would need a live-action adaptation of, uh, and the cast and its overwhelming campiness is not giving me any hope towards it being anywhere near the quality of The Jungle Book. I think in the same year that Lion King is coming out, this one is definitely going to be the red-headed stepchild of Disney's releases. Especially since it's being pushed out, you know, the month before Avengers. It's basically being trotted out to die. So I don't have faith whatsoever. Well, uh, we're going to talk about another, quite a few Disney adaptations of this one. Do you know they're also doing Lady and the Tramp, but not for theatres? What? It's going to be on the Disney streaming service. Ah. It's going to be their first major, major movie put on there. Yeah. Interesting. Live action, Lady and the Tramp. Uh, fine, right, so that's March done. We are pairing through this. Uh, I'm going to give you the full minute on Pet Cemetery. Oh, sorry, was it Lupita Nyong'o? Ian? It was Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, who I uh, oh, completely uh, forgot that was um, yeah. M'Baku. Yes, there we go. Which oh, is okay. unfortunate. Cool, off you go. Right, so Pet Cemetery is uh, obviously the next big uh, movie adaptation of a Stephen King uh, novel, uh, sticking very, very closely to its... Um, its other sibling of it in its uh, advertising. Um, the Pet Cemetery has always struck me as a bit of a strange choice. It's, it's it's one of those things that like, you know that joking family go where it's like Stephen King tries to make a lamp scary. Yeah. Pet Cemetery has always been that kind of film. It's like reanimated animals is not it's not that scary. No. Um, however, I I have full faith purely because of what how much of a good job they did on it. Um, the cast is a bit neither here nor there. The only big name being John Lithgow. And, you know, I always like John Lithgow. Okay. I mean, admittedly, the last thing I did see him in was Shrek, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. But yeah, it, it could be good. It really could be good. I, I do think that after it, there is a big chance for a Stephen King thing that is not The Dark Tower to be good. Ooh. Still haven't watched The Dark Tower. It was on in a house I was in, and I was just like, mm, I don't need to see that. Um... Okay, and the final one of our 30-second ones as well is uh, Shazam. So uh, I'll start us off. Um, I have faith in Zachary Levy, if nothing else. And it seems to have gone the full comedy route, which I feel they tried to, at least with the trailers, shift Aquaman into. Like doubling down on Jason Momoa's, yo, it's cool, bro, uh, sense of humour. This one, I think, has been a comedy from the out, so I'm excited about that. The trailer was quite funny, and it's a good premise. It's not going to set the world on fire and be a game-changer, I don't think, just because it's kind of going quite kid-friendly. But DC haven't tried that yet, so I'm at least interested about that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot different comparatively to, say, Justice League and Batman vs Superman, in that it is 100% out-and-out trying to be a current comedy-level film. Um... Yeah, I have faith in Zachary Levi. We've got Mark Strong as the villain, so I'm already in. It'll be interesting to see whether or not the the kid who's playing uh, Freddie Freeman, who's the friend of Billy Batson, uh, that's Jack Dylan Grazer, does as good a job as, say, the kids in It do. But you know what? 
Warner Brothers have been on the up. I think maybe this will be okay. Fingers crossed. Um, I wouldn't have to see Zachary Levy as this kind of happy-go-lucky Shazam trying to talk to uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? Uh, he Although he's a fellow kid. Uh, cool. Right, so we're in April. It's now time for my first pick yep. for a bit of an extended discussion. It's Hellboy. Hey. He's back. He is back in pog form. Uh, but not in the fun way. Mm. <laughs> the movie looks interesting, if nothing else. I just My brother just sent me on, like, the day the trailer dropped, he just sent the picture of Brick Tamlin saying, you're not Ron. Which is <laughs> half my feelings already summed up. Yeah. Um, that it feels like they were just so worried about the viability of a Hellboy series. And that's why we didn't get part three, because part two, um, the Ron Perlman one, just didn't set the world on fire. It didn't. And that's disappointing, because it felt like if we had got a part three, we would have got a conclusion to that story they were telling. Instead, we've got this one, which we were told was going to be more violent, more brutal, more like the comic books. And yet that first trailer, it was just, it could have been Hellboy part three, unless you knew it wasn't Ron Perlman in the suit. Mm. It's... um, David... David Harbour. David Harbour from Strange Things. Which I'm already okay with, because he is the man who can punch anything, so... Yeah, I will... So putting that aside of, like, well, it, it doesn't seem to be doing what it says to do, and that is just one trailer. They could have cut together all the funny bits in one trailer, and all the rest of it is just punching heads clean off. Mm. So put that to one side, I did actually quite like the trailer. It had the same sense of humour as the first um, set of series did. I think the costume looked awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. I will, I will never be truly over the Ron Perlman costume because I think that is just so classic. It is. But this one definitely looks more like sort of like the later comic books. I, th- I think they're definitely pulling a lot more from the graphic novels, yeah. which is which is a nice to see. And, of course, they have the killer race in the hole. That is Little Mo from EastEnders. So, <laughs> what the fuck was that about? <laughs> Little Mo go crazy as a machine gun in a chip shop. Who knew? In a Hollywood movie. I don't <laughs> know what's going on. Um, so, I... I that's what's exciting me about this. It just seems crazy. Mm. Mili Jokovic as your bad guy. Mm. I'm like, oh, she hasn't been in anything good. That might be Pro- the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Resident Evil 1 was at least a bit of camera. Never fun. seen it. you never seen the first Resident Evil? No, I went, oh, I could have gone and watched it, but instead chose to go and watch Finding Nemo. Okay, fair we enough. We all snuck into Finding Nemo with the pl- well, We went to Finding Nemo with the plan to sneak across. I just stayed in Finding Nemo. I was like, I'm going to watch a charming movie about a fish. Um, <laughs> so that's that. I, I would love it to succeed just so this thing can become a viable franchise that drives towards the conclusion the first movies were. Yeah, maybe like a, an Elseworlds thing where he goes and meets Ron Perlman's yeah. versions. Like, ah! Yeah. That, it, that would be interesting. And Hellboy was always half Hellboy, half Guillermo del Toro's directorial style. That's true. This, I feel, is going to be just more of a pure graphic novel take because, you know, Guillermo del Toro brings that kind of retro quirkiness to everything he does. Mm. Strip that from that movie... And, and replace it with something that's more true to the graphic novel. Not that I'm a big fan of the graphic novel, I've never read the thing. But that's at least new and interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm hopeful of it being good. I like everybody in it, other than Mediokovic being a bit... Eh. So uh, I'm excited for that on the 12th of April. Yeah. Also, Ian McShane's in it. I forgot about Ian that. Ian McShane instead of uh, John Hurt. Mm. So, cool. You know. Do you know if Abe Sapien's in it? I haven't seen anything to suggest that Abe Sapien is in it. I, I think it's just going to be um, like Ben Diamo, um and Alice. I think that's it. I think that's his whole crew. What if they just said, oh no, it's the fish guy from Shape of Water. <laughs> 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 it was Abe Sapien the whole time and he's his missus, Paddington's mom. 
Um, cool. Well, next up. Oh, now this could be. Now Hellboy has quite smartly pitched itself two weeks before <laughs> Avengers in, uh, Endgame, so hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but everything else has kind of ran away from that <laughs> movie. Um, I don't think anything else is coming out on the same day as it. Let, let's just put this into context. There's no real reason to go heads up against a movie that can light the world on fire by announcing its title. Yeah. So And it literally was, we need to know the title of mm. the movie. And with a trailer that could, that has a whole three, count them, three scenes. Yeah. Of the entire thing. I know. So... Yeah, I think this is going to do gangbusters, uh, like like no other movie has, except maybe Infinity War. Yeah, probs. Yeah. I, I think its advantage is we already have a lot of the plot dealt with, mm. so I'm, I'm seeing it a bit like Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yeah. We've built everything, you know what the story... Well, we don't actually know what the story is, we know what the stakes are. We know what the stakes are, and we know that it has to get back to some form yeah. of normality by the end. Yeah. We know what the problem is, we don't know what the solution is. There's a lot of theories. We won't talk about them on here, but there's a lot of theories about what we're going to do mm. or where we're going to go to kind of solve this problem. Um, but I'm looking forward to it just because it's actually a more stripped-back cast than Infinity War, mm. just because half of them are dead. Um, <laughs> it's your OG Avengers, basically, plus Ant-Man. Mm. And, and Rocket. And Rocket. So I'm okay with that. I think that means we're going to have it's going to have more dialogue, I think, than Infinity War. Maybe a slight less focus on action, at least for the first half of the movie, I would have thought. Mm. It's going to be more of a caper. I'm excited for that. And then we know the second half of this movie is just going to be all out fighting, which again, cool. And the question really for me, the only question that I have going in is, are they going to kill Thanos or are they going to have some kind of bullshit lockaway thing? Because... This is the biggest and best villain of the entire franchise, and you know how long they held on to Loki. So yeah. much so that he's dead now, and he's still getting his own TV series. Yeah, so the thing is, because the Marvel villain problem has always been a thing, do you, do you kill Thanos? Is that the way you go? Do, do you get rid of the man who was essentially the main character of the previous movie? And more to the point... The, the the running time apparently is is reportedly the, the current cut is three hours long, which makes it as long as a Lord of the Rings movie, which is absolutely insane. Which also means you get an hour for each act. So if the last action scene is an hour long, Jesus Christ, that I'm in for. That might be exhausting. Um, my only thought on whether or not to kill Thanos is if you put him in a box, you have to reopen that box at some point, and I feel that could taint. Every big scale movie, not the smaller individual superhero movies, but every Avengers movie going forward, it's like, it's Thanos coming back, who's going to go get Thanos? And then if he comes back, what do you do with him? Well, well, I had a thought. Go on. If Because we don't know what the time scale is on getting the Fantastic Four or Mm. the X-Men back into the franchise. Although, according to a report I read last night, it's going very, very well. And apparently the, the the starting, the planning stages are six months away. Yeah. Which is good because that basically means it's about a year and a half to two years till we get the unified MCU. That's when the official planning stage starts. Yeah. I would be absolutely awestruck if Kevin Foggy hasn't already penciled in. There is, there is, there's some notes on a napkin somewhere, I imagine. Yeah, because they know who they're getting back. So there's nothing stopping them planning now and then just officially putting it into action and rubber stamping it yeah. in six months' time. But there's only one thing you can do, really, in, in in a franchise that has to escalate with its 
tentpole mm-hmm. team-up movies. And that's you have to introduce a villain that is capable of killing Thanos easily. So you have to do like Annihilus or Galactus, but that takes that takes time. Yeah. So I think if you don't if you don't kill Thanos, if you put him in a box, it has to be a case of not a villain getting Thanos to be a henchman. It has to be, oh fuck, this thing is absolutely destructive. We need Thanos on our side. And right, then you can okay. have him have a hero's death and it'd be quite interesting. It'd be interesting. Interesting, but I I just feel We've set the blueprint of the villain usually dies. Mm. There's very few exceptions to that. And I feel that kind of end boss level threat, they'll want to take it out. Quite but possibly. this thing, we, 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 once we kind of get everyone back, they've killed death again. Mm. So that doesn't mean that Thanos can never, ever, ever come back. Especially, if, again, if they're bringing Loki back, they've already killed death, so it's fine. Um but I'm excited to find out either way. That's true. Uh, hopefully it's not an Ultron situation where we're all like, it has to work, it's going to work, and then it doesn't. Mm. Because there's still a lot of spinning plates in this. There is a lot of ways for it to go wrong. True. But I would like to think that they've... The Russos haven't put a foot wrong yet. Mm. I have faith in them more so than anything else. But more importantly, mm. who do you think is actually going to properly die? I mean, like, f- dead in the franchise. Captain America. Yep, absolutely. An absolute certainty. Chris Evans are already said he's done, so mm. I imagine he's gone. Tony Stark feels the most relevant one to kill off, of like it properly going full circle from the first time I movie to now. Yeah. I they don't kill Hulk. No, I don't think they'll kill Hulk. I don't think they kill Thor. No. I think they, they send him off somewhere. They've just got a good Thor movie out, so well, they would be stupid to not. I don't know if they I don't know if we ever get Thor four. Just because I think that they're sticking to trilogies with everybody. Him in other other people's movies. So if they flipped it around and did a Hulk movie with Thor in it, that could work. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he dies, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. And I don't think anybody else really will. I don't think Hawkeye will. No, because if th- anyone's primed for a Disney streaming service series, it's Hawkeye. Mm. And Black Widow... Is reportedly getting her own movie, so... So I think she's safe. That yeah. rocket, no. I I genuinely think one of the Guardians is going down proper. I think they will. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. Maybe, like, maybe Nebula. I yeah, think I maybe think Nebula's Nebula. going okay. down. I, I'll say, my money would have been on Mantis had Nebula not died in the snap, but yeah. obviously she survived the snap. So, yeah, I'm thinking Nebula's going out. Um yeah. You've got space to take Star-Lord out, but why would you take out the face of your franchise? Yeah, no, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, but, but is Gamora properly dead? I'm guessing not. No. So, you know. Well, I think that could be Guardians of the Galaxy 3's plot. It's basically... The search, search for Gamora. It's a search for Spock situation, yeah. They yeah. just go and find her somewhere. Yeah. Oh, she was dead in the sofa the whole time. There she is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I, I don't think they're going to go too bad, because it is still a, a primarily a kid's franchise. Mm. I know I've just said that saying they just killed half the universe. And, and also Harry of, Potter had killed a lot of people. Yeah, but it's a kind of special magical kind of death. Not mm. that it went like Thanos was just shooting everybody in the head. I think Captain America and Iron Man, particularly if they're on the same page and die together, brings a nice a closure to everything. That be a beautiful so thing, far. really, wouldn't it? And then sets up your new power leads as Spider-Man, Doctor Strange and Black Panther going forward mm. and then eventually we'll, we'll roll the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into that as well. And then like maybe Bucky's cap 
Yeah. Which would be good. And a new Iron Man. I don't know. That's what that Disney streaming service could be. Mm. It's who's going to be the new Captain America. It's the NXT of the Marvel Universe. It is! Oh my god. <laughs> oh, look at you making wrestling references. <laughs> okay, next up, it's another one of my picks. Yep. It's Detective Pikachu. Yay! I'm excited for this one. I'll... I really don't want it to suck. May 10th. With the straightest of straight faces, I will go to Walls or Showcase and say one for Detective Pikachu, please. Because <laughs> we've waited a long time for a live-action Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I actually think this is a smarter way of doing it, just yeah. because fitting an entire like Kanto retelling into one thing I don't think would work. I never thought I'd say, see the day where the Detective Pikachu game was the avenue to do it. But it now seems even... Like quite clear, that's what they were originally doing with that game anyway. Probably, yeah. It was a proof of concept to kind of launch this thing. And it works because it's not Ash's Pikachu, though I would be absolutely amazed if we don't get Ash's Pikachu and make a cameo at some point in this movie. Yeah. Maybe not Ash, though. Oh, what if he did, though? Just the back, like the back shot of somebody who looks like Ash. Yeah, blue and, and white jacket. And cap. you get, like, the... the like, oh, what's her name? Um, Misty? Not Misty, the voice of Ash. Um... Oh no, um, lady! I'm, lo- I'm looking. I was going to look it up. It's annoying. She was at Comic Con. She was all cool. Um, I I think Ryan Veronica Reynolds, Taylor. Of course it is. Yeah, know. get her to do like Alien. I'll be happy with that. Oh yes. Um, there's still a lot of ways this can go wrong. Mm-hmm. The trailer was great, but I don't know how much of that was just going. Oh, it's Mr. Mime in real life. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. The marching Bulbasaurs. That, yeah, that's exactly. It. They, they move in herds. They, they do move in herds. <laughs> now they've got to pull off two hours of that. Yeah. I like Ryan Reynolds as a choice for Pikachu. He's got Justice Smith from Jurassic World, who I didn't mind in that movie. He wasn't the best thing nor the worst thing about it. I don't think he as an actor was a problem. It was no. his place in the story. Yeah. I run think around that, screaming guy. Yeah. Like, that's very much what the script was calling for. Yeah. I think in a better movie, which hopefully this is, mm. he's going to have quite a lot to do and but you know he's like acting alongside a ball representing yeah. pikachu so you know i know well i like that they've gone they haven't changed everyone's design they've just kind of made it slightly more realistic so you get the slightly more realistic charizard with the scales and the horns stuff the mr mime which everyone was like freaking out like oh it's so creepy i'm like Mr. Mime is creepy. Yeah. He's been creepy since the 90s. This is nothing new. People were really complaining about some of those designs, like Jigglypuff being furry. I'm like, if you think that thing was made of flesh, you have a problem. No, that's oh, that's weirder, right? If it was just pink, naked skin. Yeah. Like a fucking, um, what they call the cats that have no skin on them. Siamese. Siamese cat. That's odd. But so far, I've liked all the redesigns. They're clearly not just sticking to Kanto because we've seen more lore, we've seen uh, Braviary, we've seen loads. We've seen posters for like the Sinnoh League and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're really doing a lot of world building. Hopefully, well, this is the thing. If they then just open this up to other adventures we get to watch in the Pokemon world, mm. or maybe, hopefully not just a stream of Detective Pikachu movies. Yeah, but like a Pokemon Ranger movie or something yeah. like that. A movie concerning the Elite Four. Like, yeah. like a, a movie about, uh, wow, what's he called? The, the Detective... Oh, Looker. Looker. A mm. Looker movie, like Looker versus Rocket or something I like that. I wouldn't be surprised if Looker gets a cameo in this. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. So this, it opens it up to a full Pokemon universe if they want to. I hope they don't go for that in movie one, mm. like the Universal Monsters did. Yeah. Hopefully it's not that, but I'm excited nonetheless. You mean the Dark Universe. Dark Universe. That's that had one. one entry. <laughs> Good universe. <laughs> 
They fully cast that thing as well, didn't they? They did. They had like Angelina Jolie on board. There was like a big picture and all that. They're like, we're totally doing movies. I had to laugh because that, that picture's doctored. They all took separate photos and they had to composite them together. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, none of them are in the same room. It's really funny. That's bad. Okay, it's uh, a Michael pick now. Your it first is. one. My first pick uh, for uh, extended discussion will be John Wick Chapter 3, otherwise known as John Wick Parabellum. Which is a bit of a weird name. Okay. All you need to know about this is it's. I mean, you saw John Wick too, right? Mm-hmm. It is John Wick versus the world. That's what they should have titled the movie. Yep. And I'm so okay with that. It's 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 uh, apparently he's teaming up with Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry is uh, playing a, a an ally to John Wick in this one, but. Okay. Uh, Apart from that, the world is very much against him. Um, he after he kills somebody on the site of the Continental, was that yes, correct? Yes, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. It'll be uh, really interesting to, because it's got to be much like the franchise. It has to be mostly third act. It has yeah. to be a mostly third act movie because I think after this point you have to stop making John Wick movies. Yeah, because John Wick the first one was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. It was just such a well done action it film was. that then got a sequel, which was pretty good. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Not my favourite. Certainly not my favourite John Wick movie. But fine. But fine. This one, it's like, is this going to be a you know, a Superman 3 situation where it's not really going to be critically lauded whatsoever? Or is this going to be a Toy Story 3 situation where it's on par with the original? Okay. I, I don't know which way it's going to go, but the cast is strong. Lawrence Fishburne's back as the Bowery King. Ian McShane's obviously back as Winston. Lance Reddick is back as uh, Charon, who's the uh, concierge guy yep, at the hotel. Yep. Um, weirdly enough, Jason Mantazukas is in this movie. Who's Jason Mantazukas? Have you seen... Oh, God, he's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, this guy? It... Yeah. Oh, guy. yeah, he's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn he's, Nine-Nine. Uh, Rose's crazy boyfriend. And he's in The League and a couple yeah. of other series. Like, okay. Nah, I'm not too sure. He grates on me a little bit sometimes. Don't worry, Darren. Common's back. Yeah, okay. He was really good in the second film, so I'm kind of glad of that, and they didn't end their feud completely. Oh, because so. they have the kind of... The, the silence of <laughs> shootout, don't they? The, the silence of shootout's fantastic. Um... I it see I always come back to the last scene of that movie which I thought was epically stupid mm. of like everybody in Central Park is an assassin they yeah. all stop when Ian McShane tells them to but in terms of what that sets up for a sequel I'm all in yeah then it's just John Wick running away for two hours and trying to shoot anybody who comes near and him. protecting the dog always protect the dog and we've already seen the kind of crazy action scene of him on the horse fighting <laughs> the guy on the motorbike it's middle of New York just like mm. <laughs> I'm down. Absolutely mental. Um, hopefully they can just close out the trilogy, like you said. I there were some bits of uh, chapter two I didn't like, mm. but if they just go, if they just double down on the absurdity of it, it could work really well. We've already seen him kill a man with a pencil, so yeah. There's really, there's really the only way is up because that is that's if you if you set that up as like a myth thing and then you do it, it's like, well, what's he gonna do to one up that? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Very good point. Okay, another Disney live action thing now on the 24th. Mm-hmm. It's Aladdin. The trailer showed us absolutely nothing. Nope. And then we saw... Did you see the picture of Will Smith as the genie? I did. <laughs> Apparently it's going to be mainly CGI, so I don't know why they bothered showing us a non-CGI shot on the front of Entertainment Weekly. Um, I was never all that big a fan of Aladdin. It's not the Disney remake I'm looking forward to the most this year. But I have Will Smith's a very smart choice for the genie just because I think he's nothing like Robin Williams. It's going to be something completely different. It won't be a comparison piece. 
and oh, whilst the trailer didn't show us much, it at least looked very impressive, so we'll have to see on that one. See, I am a big fan of Aladdin. I do enjoy it in terms of the Disney musicals. It is high up on my list. And with a big, you know, Broadway and West End musical of it out now, it's definitely proved that it has the kind of staying power that Lion King does. However, it's it, it, it's another one of these Disney live action movies. It's another Beauty and the Beast. It's another Cinderella. Did we need this film? I don't think we really did. Whereas The Lion King is at least doing something more interesting. This one's really going to be pulled through on the strength of its leads. Agreed. Um, Disney just, they know it works now. So I hope that means they're going to get rid of eventually to Hercules, Tarzan. Well, maybe not Tarzan. Tarzan's been done to death at this point. Yeah. But... Definitely Hercules. Yeah. Well, we only just did a Peter Pan one like a few years ago. It was terrible. Yeah. Didn't work. But yeah, expect more of these. Okay, Rocket Man. Do you care about Rocket Man? I do. Okay, 30 seconds it is. So, in the sense of um, Bohemian Rhapsody being that movie about Freddie Mercury, Rocketman's going in a very different direction. Taron Egerton is playing Elton John, which is already I'm in. Uh, But it seems to be going a bit more of a psychedelia yellow submarine style movie where we're not really supposed to be portraying real life. We're taking the real life events that inspired songs and we're making that into kind of a big, colourful interestingly shot movie. If nothing else, I think this will be a joy to look at. I really feel Elton John insisted that Taron Edge and play him because he was like, no, I was that good looking. Of course I was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks very visually interesting. It's by Dexter Fletcher who finished off Bohemian Rhapsody and we all knew that made my top ten last year. Um, so I'm excited for this one. Uh, not as big a fan as Elton John as I am of Queen, but I like, I like Elton John all the same. Um, it's going to have a good soundtrack at the very, very least. And Tarot Edgeson is usually not in bad things, so he can even elevate Eddie the Eagle to something passable, so we will see. I didn't, admittedly, I didn't see the Robin Hood movie, so I don't know whether he was able to oh, save Oh, me that. neither, apparently. It wasn't mm. great. No. Uh, okay, cool. Godzilla, King of the Monsters is a Darren pick. This is your second pick for an extended discussion. I really didn't like the first one. You didn't? I did. Yeah. Well, I think everybody universally enjoyed the last 20 minutes of it. But yeah. the rest of the movie was a bit. Oh, oh he's coming! He's I coming! Well, they did the Transformers thing, didn't they? Of like, we paid more attention to the to the, the humans, humans than to Godzilla, who we're here to see. And the only human we did care about died in the first twenty minutes. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. I always forget about the movie. They set it up as, oh my god, it's Heisenberg versus Godzilla, and then Heisenberg dies well before Godzilla even turns up. So fuck that. Um, Hopefully this is going to be different. They've got rid of Aaron Taylor Johnson and replaced her, him with Eleven. So, yeah, cool. we always like a Stranger Things pick. We so, do, you know. And oh, that trailer was amazing. Mm. The first one was so so good. Like showing off. Like it seemed like it was too crazy to work. Yeah, that we're going to have Rodan and King Ghidorah and Mothra it's, and more apparently um, that's crazy they're yeah. the four headliners but there's more in this you, you see that thing come up from the ground with like tendrils I'm like, oh that's mm. not any of those four so we shall see I think this is mainly based on that trailer but I am now very excited yeah. because with that amount of monsters in it surely surely they're going to be more of a primary focus and we're going to see more shots of things I think they saved Godzilla in the first one just so they didn't spunk too much of him on screen mm. once. Now, so you will against uh, Godzilla 98. doesn't have that problem. Godzilla's in a lot of that movie. That's true. Full body. Well, um, Zilla. All right. <laughs> I'm um, taking Toei's official one on this so, one. So, and, and having to fight King Ghidorah, he's probably going to take all three of the other ones fighting him. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a monster team up. That should be fun. Oh my god, it's going to be amazing. Like we already know that Mothra and uh, Godzilla work together well. Yeah. But oh. Rodan will be an interesting uh, addition just to that. Just the scene of Mothra opening its wings, and you see just how goddamn big he is. Yeah. She is. Oh my god. It could go very wrong because the first one did. I didn't like Pacific Rim. I'm not on a big hype for big monster movies at the minute. But hopefully this can pull it off. I do have hope. I, I do think that they, they've clearly listened to the problems of the last movie. And they yeah. were like, right, we hear that the Mutos are a nothing. You, yeah. don't, you don't want shit like that. So here's all the fucking name monsters. The fact that they're using King Ghidorah as the final monster, the big three-headed golden fucking yeah. dragon, is a good sign. Because that's not a th- monster to pull off easily in that yeah, realistic right. style. So they've definitely got to go more cartoony, which and I'm okay with. But if cartoony works, I mean, we still got to get through Godzilla versus King Kong, but then should we get a third Godzilla? We might get Mechagodzilla. Mm. You never know. Mm. That might be too far the other way. But if you defeat King Ghidorah, as far as I'm aware, there's not really a lot of room to go up on that one. No, King Ghidorah's like the top, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's the king. So there's not a lot of upward momentum on that. But if you get Mechagodzilla for the hell of it, all in, baby, all in. Uh, cool, right, June. Now, I only did pick X-Men Dark Phoenix for the full minute because I already previewed it last year. So, please refer to my previous preview. This. <laughs> uh, it's the slow death of the X-Men franchise. I uh, would still be surprised if it comes out in uh, cinemas and we don't just get it on the Disney streaming service after the deal goes through for Disney to buy Fox at the end of January. I mean, hopefully it can be good. I'm an X-Men free apologist. It doesn't feel like this is had enough time to really give the fans of the Dark Phoenix saga they want, and it robs Disney of the chance to do it themselves. But who knows? Cast is still good. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, eh? I think eh is the biggest um, way to to kind of settle this movie up. Really, it's it's one of those films that feels half baked and yet overdone. It, it's <laughs> it hasn't even come out yet. It's just. Why? Why are you continuing with this? Apocalypse was terrible. First Class was fantastic. And, um, shit, what's the other one? Future Past was pretty good. Just just let it die, man. Just let it die. Well, it's not because we haven't even got to New Mutants yet. That's oh. in a little bit as well. At least New Mutants is doing something new. Yeah, very good point. Men in Black International. So the trailer looks fine. It looks okay. I don't really see that much of a problem with it. It looks... It doesn't look any worse than Men in Black 3, and that made a butt ton of money. It's not Men in Black 1 and 2, mm. so... Hmm. But I do have confidence in Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, and obviously Liam Neeson's there as well, which is nice. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think people are giving it the bad rap because it's not Men in Black 1, when it's not really trying to be anything other than a spin-off. So yeah, maybe it'll be fine. I really didn't like that trailer. Fair enough. I thought it was just really unfunny, and... Just it lacked any kind of personality for me. That the first series, even the third one, is kind of dripping in in personality and charisma, and that's what pulls the lesser sequels through. I do have faith in Tessa Thompson and in uh, Liam Hemsworth, but Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, sorry, but she Will Smith sequels without Will Smith in them don't tend to be a good idea. I refer you to Independence Day. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Fucking hell. Resurrection? Resurgence? Resurgence? Like I don't know. Retaliation? Two. Two. <laughs> what was that called? Independence Day stoned ass dog. <laughs> oh, that fucking dog. dog is the best oh, thing. Oh, great. Okay. Toy Story 4. Thank God for Coco and Incredibles 2 because yeah. I'm now not worried about Toy Story 4. <laughs> yeah. The trailer is an odd choice because it's 
what happens if other inanimate objects are turned into toys and then gain sentience? Which is asking really big picture questions I didn't think Toy Story would be asking of itself, really. I don't think it's a great idea because Toy Story 3 was the end. This can only ever be an epilogue, but if it's a brave new Pixar tackling it, it could be good. This movie shouldn't exist. That that is that is my opinion. And time. And, <laughs> it shouldn't exist, but I, I think if the writing is reportedly as good as Tom Hanks reckons mm. it is, and it does look nice, like the trailers and the posters have kind of shown off that they've polished up the models a bit and it does look interesting. Plus, aren't Key and Peel in this? So They are. So I'm always in for more Key and Peel. But yeah, like three was the perfect ending to any franchise. I think much like the X-Men, you just need to let this one die. Well, it's not even like, like... Letting it die is like a mercy thing for the X-Men at this point. Toy Story 3 ended very, very strongly. Yeah, with what I think is the best final scene of many other movies, really. Yeah, and and just to drag it on... Fucking... It was a stab in the heart, but like it was so yeah. bittersweet. Eventually, there will, be, there will be a last Toy Story movie, mm. and why that couldn't have just been three, I mean, we've never got to try and top that, or at least equally... I don't they, know. They could have like they could have made it a new version of that story because like it was based on a another film, wasn't it? Like Tin Toys or something yeah. like that. They could have just done that, like started a new story that was like I don't know, like more modern but oh. toys or something. It's not like Pixar are lacking for credibility hmm. or people being willing to watch whatever they turf out. I just and I know they're kind of going through their sequel phase at the moment. And Incredibles two was good, and Finding Dory was fine. So it's not like they're turfing out terrible ones, cars aside. But, it, yeah, I just... I want to be wrong. It's got to be Coco. That's the thing. It's got to be as good as Coco. But yep. Coco had the you know, the staying power of a new idea and at least an interesting visual style. So, yeah. Now, I don't think either of us have picked Spider-Man Far From Home just because we don't know what the plot <laughs> is because Spider-Man's currently dead. Yeah. But there's 30 seconds for you, Michael. So what we do know about it is obviously it's Tom Holland so we're already already in for that and it's Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio which I called it I fucking called it I didn't call the person playing Mysterio but I called Mysterio it's apparently a bit more of a globetrotty movie which is interesting uh, I mean obviously titled Far From Home for a reason but this is one of the most surefire hits of the year it's a goddamn Spider-Man movie it's a good director and a brilliant Spider-Man I feel they were making an absolutely Herculean effort to make this the fun movie, just so we get whatever t- bad taste out of our mouths in the end of Avengers Endgame in terms of who's dead, all the grimness of it. This will be, oh no, fun Marvel's back now. It's all good, don't worry. This is what I think they've got with Mysterio, who's not really a cerebral, deathy type of supervillain. Mm. He's more, you know, the fantastique, which we haven't seen before. It's going to be hopefully very, very good. I like the new costume with the black in it. It looks pretty sick. And, yeah, having waited so long to see Mysterio, having him been teased all the way through the Sam Raimi thing, I'm ready for him to be a new major villain. Oh, hell yeah. Lion King. Um, this is coming out only a few weeks away from Spider-Man, but I think that's literally the only two movies coming <laughs> out in July because everyone else is running scared. Um, oh, that first trailer got me right right here. And I know it's <laughs> cynical marketing at its worst and it's playing off my nostalgia, but oh, God. Um, I'm really excited for this. Great cast across the board. Like everybody, in it, with the exception of the guy who's playing um, Timon, because I don't like him. He was terrible in Parks and Rec, but one bad thing surely can't tank the rest of it. John Oliver is playing Zazu. That's a fantastic <laughs> choice. 
I do love John Oliver. The he also st- looks like a bird. I know, right? The strength of the cast this movie is going to be the thing that lifts it up. Whilst The Jungle Book had to rely on a stellar voice cast, an interesting um, a meld of a singular live-action person with all these CGI animals, Lion King doesn't have to do that weird melding, although it was one of the few things I really enjoyed about Jungle Book. Um Okay, it's Lion King, man. It, it's it's if if not one of the best, it's the best Disney musical. Mm. So it will be, it will be extremely difficult for me to picture this being anything less than a total hit. Did you see John Oliver saying that he watched the trailer with his family, mm. and they were annoyed at him because he got higher billing than Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're That's not better funny. than Beyonce. His own family were telling him he's not better than Beyonce. Jesus. That's brilliant. Now, once upon a time at Hollywood, I have no idea what that is, Michael, and it's a choice of yours for the full examination. It is. Go for it. Quentin Tarantino oh, is back. Oh, right. Okay. That's why I picked it. It's a Tarantino movie. These things are, like, flags in the sand. They, they are movies that need to be discussed and need to be dissected. Now, I wasn't the greatest fan of The Hateful Eight. I, I felt like it was playing too much off the same kind of mystique that Django did, which is a shame because the, the way that I view Quentin Tarantino movies are, apart from Kill Bill Parts 1 and 2, which are continuations of the same story, they are meant to be viewed as singular stories, singular delves into, into people and genre that, you know, we haven't really had much of from Tarantino. Obviously, there was a bit of backlash with him apparently being a bit of a creep but yeah. gotta separate the art from the artist and when it's Tarantino's art I think that it's it's quite worthy of it mm-hmm. but the cast is fantastic in this movie so Leonardo DiCaprio Brad Pitt Margot Robbie Dakota Fanning Al Pacino Damian Lewis Tim Roth Timothy Oliphant Luke Perry Michael Madsen Kurt Russell ah oh, sweet Jesus James Marston's in it I didn't know that there's so many Lena Dunham oh, okay fuck what's off. it about Uh, So, according to the overview, uh, it is set in 1969 Los Angeles, where a former Western star and his longtime stunt double struggle to find success in a Hollywood that they don't recognise anymore. Cool. So, it's a film about filmmaking, which, if anybody's got the right to make that kind of film, it is Tarantino. Oh, that means he's going to pick up Oscars, doesn't he? Probably. It's definitely going to be in contention for, well, releasing in, in what? July. July. It's a dangerous place for an Oscar film to come out, really, isn't mm. it? Because by the times the roll, the awards for the next year roll round, will it still be remembered? <laughs> but Dunkirk was in that exact same position, mm-hmm. and it did pick up awards. Do I think it's going to be as good as Dunkirk? I think that remains to be seen. Dunkirk was very much a different beast than this. Yep. But yeah, I, I think it's obviously it's a Tarantino movie, so it's going to have critical lauding. People are going to be wanting to pick apart this film and the people in it, so... It's expect it to be a hot topic, if nothing else. But it being a film about filmmaking makes me want to see it all the more. Okay, I'm now interested in that. Well done. My marketing didn't, because I didn't know that movie existed. Yay! Uh, New Mutants, I refer you to my previous preview. Um, <laughs> I would really, really be surprised if this sees the light of day outside of the streaming service, just because we will be well into Disney's ownership of Fox at this point. They'll probably want to kill the... X-Men as fast as possible and although it's called The New Mutant it's it's an X-Men spin-off it counts so I wouldn't be surprised if they're like if, if they're launching Disney we don't know when the Disney streaming services is launching we think this is already in the bag because it was meant to come out last year yep. it got, it's been delayed severely twice 
So them coming out and saying, right, this streaming service is here, but we've got new mutants for day one, that would be a hell of a hook for that. Mm. Now, purportedly, this film has had reshoots uh, in order to scrub the movie of any mention of um, Mr. Sinister. So I don't know whether this is going to be a clever ploy to actually roll this into the MCU or whether it is very much the death knell of the Fox X-Men franchise. Either way, I I agree with you. The posters are coming out again. I've seen them at cinemas, but I would be very surprised if this ever comes out, if this ever sees the light of day outside of a streaming service. I could be very wrong on that, but uh, I don't think we will be. Artemis Fell, mm-hmm. I know nothing about. Ah, this will be an interesting 30 seconds. You would you like a full minute? Or I, just I'll take the full minute, yeah. Have the full minute, Michael. So I've read the Artemis Fell books growing up. Ah. Not all of them, but I remember the first two or three, and then there was one that came out on World Book Day, which was like a mini yeah. a mini story, which I really enjoyed. Um, they are very interesting movies, but I did not expect to see them done in this light. The It being a Disney adaptation already meant it was going to get a bit fairy tale washed and in a film that was already playing on the more darker aspects of fairy tales i don't have faith in this adaptation i don't have faith in disney to do something that's meant to be this dark they've already miscast one of the major roles they've miscast commander root um who was meant to be like this big massive gruff fairy which is very much the kind of you know dissonant role that you're expecting and they've cast a They've recast her as a woman. I can't remember exactly who's playing Commander Root now. Either way, they're clearly making this into something that Artemis Fowl fans won't recognise and I don't think general audiences will connect with. Okie doke. Maggle, it's your final choice of the year. Coming out in September, which seems like an odd choice, Mm. but I think they're banking on it just staying in cinemas all the way to Halloween. It's It Chapter 2. I had to pick this one. Because it was one of the biggest surprises of uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. 2017? Yeah. Um, and this obviously is the part two. Now, for those who've seen the original uh, It TV movie knows that it's split over two separate timelines. It's the children fighting Pennywise when they're children and then him resurging when they're adults. So, unfortunately, it means that one of the biggest strengths of the first It movie is gone. Yeah. Uh, which means no Finn Wolfhard. Um, I f- oh, what was the name of the one who played who played the ginger girl? Because okay. she was really Absolutely fucking good. No idea. Either way, the kids' cast were incredible. Um, but it now means that we get to see them growing up. Yeah. And really, the the cast they've gone with is pretty great. Like Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James McAvoy, Isaiah Mustafa. Um, Bill Skarsgård is obviously back as Pennywise himself. Um, and there's some other smaller names in there that I do think uh, we will see. Uh, go, going on to be big names. Uh, Xavier Dolan is one of the ones that I think will come out all the better for this movie. Uh, he was in Bad Times of the El Royale, mm-hmm. and I think he's got the potential to be a, a really big actor at this. But yeah, the kids having grown up and now re-dealing with Pennywise and all the trauma that they've been put through. Yeah. And the film didn't shy away from showing that the kids already had trauma in their own lives to deal with. Will be a bit more... I think this is going to be a more sombre movie. Yeah. But also with the screaming clown in it, but... Yeah, it's got it's got potential, Darren. I love Bill Hader, really, really do. And he has actually been trying to do a bit of like a late career Jim Carrey thing, where he's mm. like, "No, I can do serious, complicated roles as well." And apparently, he's been getting critical praise for it. I wanted to catch the last one he did. I think he was called like Ben or something, where he's playing a hitman who wants to become an actor. Is that, but, is that not Barry? Barry, That's sorry, it. not Ben. Um, so he is doing that. But I always think whenever I see Bill Hader, like, oh, it's comedy. But as much as it was actually quite funny, 
in places. Mm. I don't know. Hopefully, he's not going full over the top, Bill Hader. Ah, wackiness, because that might throw it all out of whack. Mm. Um, but that is a very good cast. Mm. Th- those top three, especially. Ooh, that's a hell of a choice. Um, let's uh, Again, it's difficult with sequels to get that kind of... A lot of different things came together to make that a very good movie. That's true. Uh, I don't know if... Because basically it's a repeat of what they did the first time. It's just Pennywise is back, psychological scares, fight the clown. But they're just adults now. Yeah, the first thing... The the real thing that the movie had going for it the first time round, in, in what I think will now have to be referred to as It Chapter One, was the ability to make things creepier because kids are dealing with it. And there's always going to yeah. be that clash of you know horror versus innocence. Yeah. Also, tearing Georgie's arm off. Like, you know, that's... Yeah. That was a harrowing scene. Yeah, all the iconic scenes from that TV movie are all from the kid part. Mm. So I don't know what they have left to play with. I've never actually watched the kids, the, the 80s like, TV movie all the way through. Um, but you're right. I, I have, if everyone's back from the creative side of things and the director's back, fingers crossed we can have another hit on our hands. Yeah. Spies in disguise, Michael? What's that? Oh, would you like the four minutes? I'll take the four minute. Yeah, why not? Um, so Spies in Disguise is an animated movie and all you need to know about it is that Ben Mendelsohn, Karen Gillan, Will Smith and Tom Holland are oh! all voices in it. Is this Will Smith turned into a pigeon? Yes. Right? It is Will Smith turning into a pigeon. <laughs> so it's based around this spy and a scientist that are, you know, very much at odds with each other, uh, but they do make marvellous transformative inventions. Um the fact that they made this into an animated movie, bit of a weird-looking animated movie, I'm not sure I like the art style, mm. um, obviously gives it a greater scope to do things, will make it less of a, what I referred to as a shitty Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this one's got good potential. It's releasing in a bit of a strange time of year where we don't ordinarily get many animated movies unless it's a Hotel Transylvania film. So it's got potential to maybe curb a part of the market that's not being addressed, but... Um, I mean, it might be good. I don't know. Could Will Smith be a good pigeon? We shall see. We shall see. Joker. Now, I didn't know this was coming out so soon. I say that it's 11 months away. Yep. Uh, we're coming out on the 4th of October. It is Wacking Phoenix playing Joker. Um, it's kind of DC's now saying, right, there's the main continuity of DC films, but we're beating Marvel to the punch with this kind of Elseworld stuff. A Joker origin movie... Seems inherently flawed as it's kind of one of his main things and gimmicks that no one really knows what he's about. Um, so this it just seems to be a straight up retelling of the killing joke. Um, I mean, I have faith in Whacking Phoenix to be weird, but I, I don't know. I'm not too psyched about this out of morbid curiosity. I think curiosity is what leads me to want to see this film as well. Um, at the very least, because Whacking Phoenix I know can carry out something as big and monumental as the role of the Joker. Um, Will it work in the absence of Batman is the big burning question. And they've at least tried to do something very different with the Joker's look and makeup and the presentational style of the movie to suggest that it might work, but I still have my doubts. Although, you know, Whacking Phoenix got me into a seat. So there we go. Very good point. Now, Zombieland 2, Michael. I didn't know this film was coming out this year, did you, Darren? Me neither. It's on um, launchingfilms.co.uk. I'm not 100% sure... That it's just a leftover that they haven't moved yet. It's possible. Or what? 
We know it's happening now, though, and yeah. that's the big thing. The original cast are all back, which is fantastic. And the first Zombieland movie was one of those rare sort of lightning in a bottle, this is absolutely brilliant, why didn't we get a sequel at the time movies? Um, I'm not sure how it's going to work now that Abigail Breslin's obviously grown up, so we don't have the little child dynamic, but I'm there. The first film was incredibly charming. All three of the lead actors, at least, Abigail Breslin aside, have gone on to bigger things mm-hmm. and have all been in Oscar movies. Yeah. So trying to drag them all back for Zombieland 2 always seemed like a bit of a stretch too far. They had the Amazon TV series instead that flopped hard. Mm. Um, I'm glad everyone's back. I don't know what the story is. I don't know what you do, because that was a pretty good self-contained story within itself. But I'm very excited. It's one of my surprise favourite movies ever. Um, and it's zombies don't seem as played out as they were even like five years ago. We've only really got The Walking Dead still trying to do it. So it's refreshing that it's come back. And it's got a lot of new things to parody, parody at the very least. Oh, yeah. Cool. You are my friend, Michael. That's not a question. <laughs> I mean, yes, I am. I'm going to give you the full minute. It's the Tom Hanks, um, Mr. Rogers movie. Of course it is. I want 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might. What a dumbass. <laughs> okay. I'll, carry on. So, um, off the back of uh, Won't You Be My Neighbour, which was the documentary movie about Mr. Rogers, who is, I think, a universally loved figure in the same sense of like Bob Ross. Um, when's the Bob Ross movie coming, Darren? I was Darren? just about to say that. Um, but yeah, it's Tom Hanks, who's already one of the most lovable actors and apparently one of the, the nicest people to work with in Hollywood, playing the nicest person on PBS. So yeah, I'm definitely there. You know I want to see this, and you know I'm going to cry my eyes out. I will just quickly say, I know what the plot for this one is. I imagine it's going to be... Because Mr. Rogers was like a big proponent of education for kids and trying to get... Um, free books, free whatever he could, and he kind of fought the government on it. Mm. I imagine that's what the plot is. Real quick sidebar, I think the hypothetical plot of Bob Ross is just him painting pictures. Because <laughs> I don't know what else you do with Bob Ross, other than he saves squirrels as well in the spare time. Um, there is a conflict, apparently, with his mentor, that apparently mm. Bob Ross stole his paintings. And also he fought in Guernica. Yeah, yeah, he was also Bobby's in the... Bobby's Robin Butler, this is Gwenica, served 20 years, Air Force, United States of America. Oh, he's, he's on board. Oh, they're back next year as well. I yeah, that yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, can we get Tom Hanks to play Bob Ross as well? Uh, or are we just giving him too many beloved childhood I think we're just, to play? We're just making it all the more sadder when he does die, so maybe uh, don't do that. Okay, Adam's family. Correction from last year, Illumination aren't French. They are American. <laughs> Didn't know that, and now they're having a crack at the Adams Family. It's animated. Um, I love the Adams Family, and I've kind of been waiting for it to come back for quite a while now. Uh, animation, I think, opens doors to being a bit more weird. Like, there's always a limitation on how really strange they can go with live action, because now they can do whatever their heart desires. Um, but yeah, I'm always up for more Adams Family adventures. The strength of this one, and I keep saying it, is in the voice cast when you've got Oscar Isaac as Gomez, Charlie yes. Theron's Morticia, Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday, Finn Wolfhard as Pugsley, yes. the, Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester. That's an interesting choice, but I'll go with it. They're definitely doing something interesting by casting people who have very... Indis- not indistinguishable voices, distinguishable voices. Um, I think this really going to lend a lot of character. They can do a lot more zany things. And yeah, the time is right to bring the Adams family back. Have you ever been to Whitby up north? I have. 
Right, it's just Adam Sant Family Central, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, basically. It's, like, it's basically where Dracula was written. They've all gravitated there. <laughs> have you ever so... seen? Have you ever seen Whitby Goth Festival at no. all? You have to book like two years in advance to go. Holy shit! It is the largest gathering of black you'll ever see. We were coming Unbelievable. Of, we were coming out of co-op, and there was just literally Morticia and Gomez walking towards <laughs> yeah. us. We were like a proper blonde-haired child in the pram. Like, he looked normal, dressed like very normal, <laughs> and those two like proper head to toe, like they go into the Black Parade for God's sake um, <laughs> now I, I won't even give it 30 seconds because I think Kingsman 3 is another one that's wrongly listed for this year on the launching well it's film. not Kingsman 3 is it it's that um, the founding of the Kingsman yeah. movies but I think mm, I don't know Unless it's, they've already started filming this, I don't think it's going to happen. Me neither. So we're going to skip over that one and go with Sonic the Hedgehog. Ugh. Now, we've seen posters. Oh, hang on. I've got to give you time. Yeah, you got 30 seconds. We've seen posters, and I think a trailer's coming soon. So that implies that it's a lot closer than November the 26th, basically mm. almost a year away. But, oh, yeah, those, those <laughs> preview images. Ha. Ooh, why has he got weirdly muscular legs all of a sudden? I know it's hard to transition him into live action, and it can't all be Detective Pikachu, but... Yeah. However, they have got John Ralphio Zappestein playing him from Parks and Rec, and he's the goddamn best, so that could work. And whilst I think that... Is it Ben Schwartz? Is that yes. the guy's name? Whilst I think he might be good as Sonic, the design is really not selling me. Uh-huh. What is that outline? What are those legs? And really, who really thinks that Jim Carrey's going to pull off a believable Dr. Robotnik? Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't Jim even Carrey's know that. Dr. Robotnik. Hell yes. And James Marston's also in there. He's having a good year, isn't he? James yeah. Marston. But yeah, this is going to be trash. It's going to be such a trash. I'm more into this than I previously was. I didn't even know Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik. It's such a strange choice. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. <laughs> did you see the, the kind of. The, the mashup that Screen Junkies did? Mm. Of like the old Sonic cartoon with John Ralphio. As Sonic. No, I've not. Oh my god, it's funny, I'll show you later. Uh, right, Jumanji 2 is another one that's kind of... I don't know if that's actually going to make it this year. It's another one that seemed to be slated in. Uh, Rock's also doing the Jungle Cruise either in 2019 or 2020. I didn't see it listed. Uh, Jumanji, Jumanji 1 was the remake, so it was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Great video game thing. Up. It was a sequel to the original Jumanji without really going too hard on it so it was a perfect blend of everything it could have been uh cast was really strong if all of them are back i think they can do another uh, i don't know what they do with a part two but i'm excited to see it nonetheless well the biggest problem with this is that it's a part two to a part two it yeah. is it's a sequel upon a sequel it's not jumanji three it's jumanji two two yeah that is the problem but like you said with karen gillen and kevin hart and the rock and jack black of all people mm. delivering really really excuse me good performances this one's got a lot of potential, but I do feel like it's going to be good faith squandered if I was going to be a predicting man. Although, you know, the last one was pretty good, so this one's going to make a butt ton of money. We all know it. Okay, and we end the year, as is tradition, with... Oh, it's Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh. 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 We should be like, yeah! I'm not ready for the Twitter backlash, Darren. Oh, God. But we're not, we're not coming from the same strong hand we used to. No. Oh, Last Jedi was a. a oh, by the way, this was this thing. was a, a universal pick to talk about. We're not doing a time one with this. Yeah, one. no, we we need to we need to we need to talk about this. Right. So so as much as people didn't like Solo, we thought Solo was quite good. I'm putting it in my top five. Last Jedi is a bit more of a contentious movie, 
And I think after repeated viewings, there are some good things about it. It made my top ten after a second viewing. Then there are some incredibly stupid things. Oh, oh God, yeah. In that film. And I think, much like the state of American politics, it's a two-party system when it comes to Last Jedi. You either think it's cinematic genius or you think it's absolute dog shit and a betrayal to the franchise. The fact that people think that fucking George Lucas should come back to do something, idiotic. The fact that people think that... uh, that, um, uh, Ryan Johnson should be should have stayed on to direct this one. No. Terrible choice. I like to point out they haven't mentioned his trilogy um, since. Yeah, so. that's that's definitely been in hushed tones. Yeah. Hasn't it? So mm, a film that the thing apparently we weren't alive at the time, so we can't confirm that um, Empire Strikes Back was this divisive. But I don't think it was this divisive. No, it can't have been. People, I don't think people abandoned Star Wars after watching The Empire Strikes Back. Try to crowdfund a remake, yeah, to immediately change everything that Ryan Johnson was in favour of, like either sarcastically or like, well, fine, see if you can turn this shit into. I think that's the problem is that I just think Ryan Johnson's just not the person you want heralding the family-friendly no. franchise when he's like, oh, fuck off, haters. I'm like, yeah, he didn't have help some himself. fucking integrity, man. He, he went with a Shia LaBeouf defence of mm. just all-out sarcastic attack yeah. of, of like belittling everyone else's opinions. Yeah, well, if you don't like my movie, you must not get it. No, yeah, Ryan, we just, we just don't like it. That's the problem. It's your fault. It's No, the, the, the saving grace is here is that JJ is back and he delivered um, Force Awakens. Even though it is just a remake of New Hope, we all enjoyed it's it. still a good remake of it New is. Hope. So... Uh, but see, he's not dealing with. I really wish they'd have just convinced him, given him all the money he needed to do seven, eight, and nine. Mm. So it had a consistency in story, consistency in plot, consistency in characterization. It feels like it just—it's almost like a challenge for JJ. Yeah. That someone came in, like like an ad lib session. Like someone came in and said, "Right, switch," and like changed up everything he was doing. And they're like, "Right, you're back in it now." I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Oh god. The um, thing, at least the trilogies are now doing something different because the original trilogy had three different directors. The, yeah. the, pre- the prequels had the same director, and this one's doing a. We're having different. Oh fuck! Go yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Go back. Go, Go back. back. <laughs> um, so, so he's back, and he's kind of they've thrown away several plot points he had, including what was Snoke up to. Uh, who are Ray's parents? Uh, what is Kylo Ren's deal? Um, where's Luke? These have all been thrown away. <laughs> yeah. And we're also dealing with the fact we don't have Carrie Fisher, and she didn't get she didn't get killed off in Last Jedi. There wasn't a resolution to her story. They yeah. are reportedly going to be using deleted footage from the Last Jedi yeah. to finish that story, but uh, I'm not ready. I know, I know, it's very sad, but I do just think of the radioactive man movie. Yeah, like, we'll just use previous, <laughs> and it just completely disjointed <laughs> shots. Yes, <laughs> Jim and Jawillikers. Um, so he's not dealing from the power position he had because I mean, prior to Force Awakens, he had all the scope in the world to create whatever he wanted to do, and he showed remarkable restraint in only really getting. Han Solo and Leia back. I mean, R2-D2 wasn't a factor in that movie. C-3PO only pops up a little bit. It's only Han Chewie and a bit of Leia that turns up. And now he's just... He's got such a mess on his hands and mm. divided so many people that he's now got to try and knit that all together whilst also keeping in mind the, so, the spin-off stuff that's happened and is coming where he needs to leave it for a potential episode 10 well in the future, Disney. Yeah. Well in the future. 10 years minimum. 
That's a lot for one man to take. It's it's a difficult balancing act because you've got people that are going to be hating this movie the second it comes out, regardless of the content. It could be the Citizen Kane of mm. Star Wars, and then people will still not like it out of principle. Unfortunately, that's where we are. People don't view the media before putting their final judgment forward. And that's the thing. We're in that kind of extremely vitriolic um, kind of reactionary world now. And it's not a world where if we are making a long Star Wars movie to wrap up the, you know, the rebirth of the franchise. Rebirth in quotation marks. It never really went away. I don't know. I just don't know. And the doubt that Last Jedi has put into me by squandering a bunch of story potential... You know, mis- not misleading. Yeah, it was misleading. There were shots in the trailer that weren't in the movie. Yeah. It was misleading with your, you know, your pre-release material and then attacking your fans when you don't do as well as you think you're going to. Yeah. I'm not sure this franchise is in the right hands. And, no. and I don't mean Disney. I, I think The Dis- creative force the- behind it, yeah. The brain trust of Disney have I, gone a bit wrong. I don't want to be the person, like many online, who are like just detestable people and like well the problem is Kathleen Kennedy woman can't run Star Wars I'm like yeah. no I just don't think she has a concrete plan for this franchise no. clearly she didn't otherwise she wouldn't have given plot rights to individual directors you need a Kevin Feige in this situation you need somebody who's gone right here's the fucking map don't deviate but yeah. please be creative yeah You've got this. This is your wiggle room. Yeah. Operate entirely within that, but you need to have X, Y, and Z plot points. Yeah. Oh God, it's. I'm interested. <laughs> I may actually break the rule and watch the trailer this time, just so we can get some sense of what he's doing. I think we've got to. I think that's the only thing we. You know, we could have easily gone into Endgame without watching anything. I think that probably might be a good idea because the first yeah. trailer didn't show off a lot. No, it didn't. Um, but but nine needs to really recapture the the fans it lost in eight and the general audiences it, it lost in eight. Uh, it it's a film that I think is set up to please nobody, and I don't want to say that about what is going to be <laughs> up to this point the conclusion of the Star Wars story. I know. Hmm. Just have faith in JJ. That's all the the blind faith I have in the man. He knows what he's doing. He loves Star Wars more than anybody else. Rian Johnson, I don't even think particularly gave the Star Wars now no. I think about it like he always said he was a fan and but every director is to some extent but him just kind of coming in and telling I want to tell my Star Wars story I know dickhead <laughs> it doesn't belong to you if it's you were doing a spin off it would be fine <laughs> yeah go do fucking Looper 2 for all I give a shit go away <laughs> um, yeah thank god he's not getting a, well he isn't getting a trilogy mm. it seems it's just we're getting the uh, Game of Thrones dudes one um well, that Star Wars done. Real quick, we'll just mention TV because we're going to do a separate video games one. Um, only two things we need to talk about. Strange Things to uh, Season 3 yeah. is next year. Um, <laughs> did you see the teaser? For Strange Things? Yeah. Like, it was Doesn't showing a really... It's a really, It's not like anything. It's just oh, okay. showing the new Starlight Mall. And then right at the end, you just see... Oh, my God. Is it a flash of the... name? Who? Um. Oh, the monster. Uh, no, no, no. Um, the character with the with the hair. Steve. You see Steve right Steve! at the end as like an employee at this mall. Like, hello, being like in this really <laughs> awkward advertisement. So we haven't seen anything other than that. But it's back, season two. 
wasn't as strong as season one, but still very good. So excited about that. Yeah. We've got Punisher coming in January, mm-hmm. and then we'll have uh, Punisher cancelled in February. Yep. So that's cool. <laughs> I think that um, even that's being uh, quite charitable. I think it will get cancelled the day after it streams. Yeah, probably. Uh, and of course, we're getting Game of Thrones. The final season arrives in April. Project Hopefully. Thrones is happening yes, at some point. Maggle. Maggle. At some point. <laughs> you have four months, boy. Oh, and that's it. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so hopefully we're going to have a Game of Thrones podcast at some point. Who knows? Uh, anything TV, Michael, you want to throw in real quick? Um, not that I can think of. We're not getting a Doctor Who series next year, and that's probably for the best. Um, oh, no. And I think that's about it. I mean, there'll be another series of Bob's Burgers, thank God. Um, and more last week tonight with John Oliver, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And that's about it. There was one film... I can only really mention it in passing because I don't know much about oh, sorry, it. Go on. Uh, it doesn't have a release date yet. We just know it's coming out next year. It's Taika Waititi's next movie. Ah. Um, it's called Jojo Rabbit, and it concerns a child who has an imaginary friend that is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> that is literally his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. That 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 is that is the plot. What? Okay. If you want to see a, a release photo, there it is. Oh, what the? Here's what's going on here. Um, yep. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Do you ever think we'll get to the point where we'll see um, Bin Laden treated me such, <laughs> in such a parody way? Shall I just read out this synopsis because it sounds mental? Uh, Jojo Rabbit Belzer, the movie's called Jojo Rabbit, by the way, is a young boy living in World War Two. His only escapism is through his imaginary friend, an, e- an ethnically inaccurate version of Adolf Hitler, because he's being played by Taika Waititi, oh, okay. uh, who pushes the young boy's naive patriotic beliefs. However, all of this changes when a young girl challenges those views and causes Jojo to face his own issues. It's going to be interesting. Taika Waititi's playing Hitler. <laughs> I'm down. Sam Rockwell's in it as an SS officer, as is Rebel Wilson for some reason. I thought you said Jermaine Clement's playing Stalin. Stephen Merchant's <laughs> playing somebody as well. This is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. This, I, I hope this is the what we do in the shadows of next year. If they get part of the concourse to be Stalin and Mussolini, oh. <laughs> where are you going with this, Hitler? <laughs> Okay. Well, there we are, everybody. That's uh, a fitting end to our uh, 2019 film preview. As I said, we are going to do the same for video games. Hopefully shorter than this one. Oh, God. We covered a lot. Um, Sorry about all the mammoth ones, but we wanted to catch you up on everything before we kind of get back into the groove of more normal, less than, less than an hour-long podcast episode. Uh, sorry about the content, Maggle. Uh, you can go and follow the sides on all the... Um, you Yeah, what's the word? Social media platforms. Social media platforms. Thank you. Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud under the username FowlyNT. That's F O U L E N T. You can go and uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at that Mike Cohen, and you can follow Darren on Instagram at Dazza the G and Twitter under the Gutteridge. Yes. I think that goes a bit. You can also go back to our website, which is now up and running after Michael forgot to pay the lease. Yay! We're back, baby. Fucking hell. That's fairentertainment.com. Please go check us out over there. And as I said, we will be having a video game podcast up. Uh, looking forward to 2019 very shortly. Okay, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the new year. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.